Today's episode of Recovery Survey is fueled by Brainwash Coffee Company. I'm sure you've heard that drug and alcohol use is on the rise, especially during the pandemic. And Brainwash Coffee Company is working to raise money and awareness to support people seeking help. They donate 50% of their profits and their mission is to give back to the amazing recovery community. Their why is bold and their coffee is fresh. So if you want to sip on an amazing brew that warms your mind, body, and soul, then visit brainwashcoffeeco.com and use promo code recovery survey at checkout to get $5 off your first order. Brainwash Coffee Company, simple coffee for complicated people. You're listening to Recovery Survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles. I lost my husband September 8th, 2020, and that was probably the single most hardest thing in my life. And the first time in, at that time, it was 10 years I had clean that I actually wanted to pick up the night he passed away because I just wanted to escape. I knew that going through losing my husband and getting drunk was not the answer and it was just going to make everything a thousand times more complicated. My guest today is named Suzanne Schultes. She's a certified alcohol and substance abuse counselor, a grief facilitator, and she started a group for sober widows. Welcome to the show, Suzanne. I am Suzanne, grateful alcoholic, 11 and a half, almost, yeah, 11 and a half years, alcoholic addict. Also a KSAC T, which I started to go and train for after I became sober, um, which is a chemical alcohol drug specialist counselor. I also am on a grief journey. I lost my husband September 8th, 2020. And that was probably the single most hardest thing in my life. And the first time in, at that time, it was 10 years I had clean that I actually wanted to pick up the night he passed away because I just wanted to escape. I just wanted to um, not feel anything. But I credit the program. My, I went, I do AA and I credit the program for knowing that I needed to get support ASAP in order to not go down that dark alley because I knew that going through losing my husband and getting drunk was not the answer. And it was just going to make everything a thousand times more complicated. Along my grief journey, I realized that there's absolutely no support for people that are suffering from grief or anything like that. To tell you the truth, quite honestly, everybody's like, oh, just have a glass of wine, take a shot, clear your mind. Don't think about something for a while. And I was like, I don't have that opportunity. I don't have that blessing because I know that if I pick that bottle up, chances are I would never put it back down again. My husband was also a recovering alcoholic. He actually relapsed a month and a half before his passing. I believe in my heart that he gave me the greatest gift because I saw the progression of how he went from that first, let me just have a beer because I don't know, and just dying to taste what an ice cold beer in a summer night felt like to drink. Had I not seen that progression, I think I probably would have picked up that night. And it was scary as all hell for me. So right now what I'm trying to do is get through one day at a time, 
most likely one second at a time because that's pretty much how my days go. I have a great, unfortunately, group of sober widows that I meet with every week to help navigate this journey being drug and alcohol free because um, it's probably one of the hardest things in the world to do. I, I can't even begin to imagine what that's like. You know, I've, I've lost family members, um, you know, since I've been in recovery, but never, never someone that close to me. So I, I can't even begin to imagine what that's like and what the, what the grieving process is like. And it sounds like you at least had that support of, of people from your home group that were there to, to help you walk through that time. I'd be curious to know, like, and for the listeners that are listening, if, if they're going through something similar, like what are some things that you would recommend or what are some things that you found helpful in the grieving process? Because I know, at least in my experience, it, it feels like it kind of comes in waves. Like sometimes you feel okay. And then just out of nowhere, something hits you and you're just like in tears. And, and I know it's, it's hard to tell anybody like how to get through that but are there any things that you could suggest or any recommendations that you could make for me again the number one thing was reaching out to anybody and anyone that i could to sober or not like i just needed somebody to walk this journey with me so i've met a lot of amazing people that have lost their significant others lost children friends um so number one reach out you know and a lot of times I know for me as, as a recovering alcoholic, reaching out was not really that easy for me because it was actually saying, whoa, hey, I need help. So I had to put all that aside and say, yeah, I need help with this. And I still struggle with it every single day because when I get in my deepest, darkest places, when I know I need to go to a meeting or I need to reach out, you know that that's the last thing you, you want to do, but you know that's the one thing you need to do. For me, journaling was paramount. I had to journal everything. I started writing and I never was a writer, but I knew that I needed an outlet for my emotions, my feelings, my thoughts, and obviously getting drunk to silence those wasn't an option. And in, in hindsight, it was good because I was able to start a blog, which helped a lot of people, which helped a lot of people give their feelings to know that they're not alone. They're not by themselves, that all these feelings that you feel when you lose anybody is 100% normal and you're not going crazy. And for me, my biggest thing was I wanted to reach people because of the fact that I knew when I went into becoming a, a drug and alcohol counselor, my main goal was to help adolescents because I figured if I can get, you know, adolescents before they experienced what half of what I experienced or other people experienced, maybe I was helping just one person. But I feel somewhere deep down inside, a lot of people that struggle with addiction have had, unfortunately, losses, whether it be their parent, their grandparent, their aunt, their uncle, somebody close in their lives that they didn't know how to handle it. And they turned to numbing themselves. So I think that that was, for me, very paramount to know that you can get through this without having to use any kind of you know, alcohol to numb themselves or even people that are still in, like that have gotten clean that don't know, hey, these feelings that I felt when I lost this person or I went through this or experienced that are 100% normal. You know, it wasn't just the grief journey that I went through. Unfortunately, I, I'm also a victim of sexual abuse. So, you know, a lot of these things just pile up and they numb you and you get to a point where you're like, all right, I can't take, take it anymore. Like I grew up an ACOA, adult child of alcoholic to 
both of my parents, extended relatives, you know, typical Irish family, not stereotype. But they all drank, you know, they all drank. I lost uncles rather young from to due to alcoholism. Of course, back then it was never alcoholism as a reason. It was everything else. I never picked up a drink until I was 38. You know, I but I essentially lived a dry drunk life my whole entire existence because I was so fearful of that drink and taking it. But I had all the mannerisms of an alcoholic. And I realized when I finally took that drink because I had just something uh, in my life had caused me and I said, screw it, I'm going to do it. And I started drinking. And of course, I picked up my dad's drink, Southern Comfort, which was pretty gross. But hey, whatever. It was what it was. I knew that I needed to deal with these past traumas and these past things in my life. And losing my husband really pushed that to the forefront. So here I am grieving, trying to deal with past abuse, trying to deal with divorce, trying to deal with growing up in ACOA. And I said, if I don't tackle this all right now, sober, I'm going to be lost. Like, this is my opportunity. And this is, you know, so it's been tough. And you talked about the waves. They knock you over like there is no tomorrow and you just get hit from every angle and you can be like, okay, I'm waking up. I'm saying my affirmations. I'm doing my meditation. I'm going to have a great freaking day. And then within three seconds, just something. And it's just like, and unfortunately in today's society, grief is not normalized. It's like, okay, you know, you got your three days bereavement, go back to work. Everything's fine. And go to the doctors here. We'll give you an antidepressant and we'll give you, And I'm not saying that I'm against that, but what I'm saying is that, yes, if it gets you over the hump, but we cannot medicate, especially with alcohol and drugs, to try to hide our feelings. And I think that that's just such an easily accessible venue for people to take nowadays. We have to feel it, just like when we went through those doors for our first meeting, our first inpatient, our first outpatient. You got to feel those sucky feelings and walk through them. And it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah, it's it's definitely hard to to feel the feelings. I I remember early on in my recovery journey, like that was one of the things that I didn't want to deal with was the feelings, and that was something that I enjoyed about getting high was not having to deal with with the emotions and the feelings that were going on. Um, you mentioned a little bit earlier about a, a widows in recovery group or sober widows. I can't remember exactly what you what you called it, but um, is that is that a, a like a nationwide program or is that just a, a local group? I've never heard of anything like that, so I'd be curious to hear a little bit more about that. No, that's actually something that I kind of I when I lost my husband, I again went searching for support. So I found this um, group of widows on a on band it's like a, a platform that hosts you know topics discussions i guess like telegraph or parlor or whatever and there was a one of the subgroups was sober new york city because i'm in new york and i said okay great i'm going to join it but there was no involvement no anything no nothing so i decided to you know i, I have zoom and of course this was like in the tail end of covid so nobody was meeting in person or anything like that and i said to myself let me just put a post up there and say any other sober, you know, widows want to meet for a meeting, you know, Zoom meeting, hour, Saturday night, Sunday night, something just to get to know each other and everything like that. And it started with one person, another one joined. So like we have like six or seven people that I've been meeting with since January of 2021. And we have become the closest group of people in the world 
we look forward to it. And in fact, I have, we had one member that lost her husband coming up in two weeks. She was a week and a half or two weeks sober. Wow. And she has gone through this. She's, she just got her first coin. She just is, you know, she has embraced the program. She has done everything she's supposed to, has a sponsor, does her steps. I t- can't even tell you the amount of pride and love and inspiration that she gives us every single day. Because here I am, I lose my husband. And the first thing I think of is wanting a drink. Yeah. And she's over here staying sober for her husband and for herself. And I, I cannot even believe the courage and the strength that she shows. And had I not made that post, she would have never found it. So who knows, you know, and I'm trying to make it more world. Like uh, one of our members is in Canada, Minnesota, like we're all over, you know, so it's not like we're just New York based or anything. And that's the beauty of Zoom is that you can zoom in from anywhere in the world and get the support you need and have somebody that can share what you've gone through. And I can't believe that it's not more known because there's a lot of people that are sober that unfortunately have gone through life altering experiences of losing somebody. And it's tough to deal with. It's tough to do it alone. Yeah, definitely. That, that was one of the reasons I was asking because I'd never heard of anything like that. And, and as you're talking about it, it's like going through my head. I'm like, why, why aren't there more groups that are there for people that are in recovery that have also lost loved ones? Like that seems like two things that go hand in hand. I mean, like that we're going to lose people if, if we stay clean and sober long enough, like there's, we're most likely going to lose people in our lives. And it's crazy to think that there aren't more groups like that. So, you know, thank you for starting that group. And, and I hope that it continues to grow and flourish and, you know, hopefully maybe somebody listening to the podcast will, will be like, man, that's what I've been looking for is that group and they can connect with you and, and be able to find that support in that, in that community that they're looking for. So, so thank you for having that service available. Oh, it's my pleasure. And, I, and it's, it's unfortunate, but like, like you said, we are going to lose people. And, and unfortunately as being alcoholics and addicts, we unfortunately lose more people from that alone. And whether we choose to accept it or deal with it, like I lost one of my closest, uh, I, I, she was 27 years old and my neighbor since God knows when, you know, to addiction. And I know we all share the stories of people that we've lost. And this is again, going back to people that have struggled their whole entire life with addiction. Did anybody ever stop to say, but, but Hey, do you know, did you lose your mom, your dad? Like what pivotal moment in your life? has gotten you to where you picked up to self-medicate because that's what it is. It's self-medication. And like you said, you don't want to feel the feelings. And somebody else that I talked to the other day actually said something. And I probably heard it a million times, but it didn't hit. You know, when you just hear something, when you walk into a meeting and you're like, okay, this is exactly what I needed to get. Feel it to heal it. If we don't feel it, which we don't like to do, nobody does to be perfectly honest, but if we don't feel it, we can't heal through it. So like last night, I actually, um, in Long Island is a widow based group, not sober or anything like that, but a widow based group. Cause like I said, I network to everybody and we had our first friends giving last night. And, and if you would have like looked in, in the window and seen and said, these people are grieving. No, because we were able to laugh. We were able to have fun, you know, in a safe environment. And that's pretty much like the sober widow meetings that we have. 
is that we're able to say the most outlandish things that you could ever imagine to say. And you're not judged. You're not felt to feel crazy. You know, like, hey, listen, on my first anniversary of being sober, the first thought I thought was, oh, it would be great to go out and celebrate and get drunk. But I was like, no, you can't, dummy, because you're sober now. You know, it's like these things that you you don't say to other people because they'll be like, oh, my God, no, you can't do that. Like this and that. But it's like when you're with, with people that get it, they're like, yeah, that is funny. You know, I hope to be able to bring it more worldwide, not just for widows, but for people that have lost their, their, their children, their their moms, their dads, aunts, uncles, anybody pivotal in their life, because let's, we're all going to die. <laughs> and it's not an easy process to go through. And I, and I unfortunately feel that the Western civilization does not put enough importance on teaching people how to grieve properly. Mm-hmm. And there, there is no timeline. It cannot be rushed. And everybody's individual. And just like everybody's sobriety is individual. There has to be support in place for people to be able to go and say, okay, this is what I'm feeling. I want to pick up, but I'm not going to because I miss this person or any instance. There just needs to be more sober support out there. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I saw a statistic yesterday and it said that from October 2020 to October 2021, there's been over 100,000 overdose deaths in the United States, which is absolutely mind-blowing to me and and obviously there is a great need out there for people for for groups like yours for people that have that have suffered these losses um i mean obviously it affects entire families and and some of those people aren't in recovery and some of them are but you know i i can't i can't even count i'm trying to sit here and think you know just the number of people that have been in my home group or that are connected to me somehow that I've attended their funerals because they've, they've overdosed and died. Like there's countless people that we're losing and, and it's, it's, it's mind blowing to me that there aren't more of these support groups for people in recovery that have, have lost loved ones. It's, it's just mind blowing. So again, I commend you for what you're doing. I think it's absolutely incredible and we need more groups like that. Yeah, unfortunately we do. And unfortunately with everything that's happened within the last, you know, I'm, I'm going to say almost two years now because this pandemic has been going on and the amount of lives. And like you said, the statistics for, uh, for overdoses, the statistics for addiction, for the, the rise of alcoholism and all that is through the roof because there's no in-person support at all. No, like really when my husband passed, it took me forever just to find a grief counselor because they were inundated with all the loss. You just couldn't find one, you know? So like the the advent of technology and zoom makes it so much easier where you can have people all over the world dial in and be like, okay, you know, great. Nothing beats face-to-face meetings, of course, but at least there's support out there for people that need it. And I think that this pandemic has played such a huge downward spiral on a lot of people's mental health that there's issues that need to be addressed in all aspects not even grieving or losing somebody just in everyday mental stability and i i remember my first thought when this pandemic hit and everything shut down was like it was like what happens to that person that wanted to walk into an aa meeting or an na meeting or needed the silver support and couldn't get it Mm-hmm. I'm like, how many people did not get the support they needed during this because everything was shut down? And it and it it scared me and it made me so sad. Even today around here, it's impossible to find a meeting. And I'm like, 
an in-person meeting. And I'm like, are you kidding? You know, when, when you're at, on your, at your bottom and you're like trying to get onto Zoom, if you're not a computer literate or you never use technology, it's frustrating. And you're like, screw this. You know, I'm just not going to do it. And it was heartbreaking for me. And I, and I know that there's people out there suffering that don't have any place to go or any outlet to get the support that they need, especially losing somebody. Yeah, definitely. And, and like you said, the, the whole technology thing, right? I still see messages on different recovery groups that I'm part of on like Facebook and Reddit and stuff where people are asking like, how do I use zoom? And it's like, we've been in this situation for like two years now. And, and, and these people are still struggling to figure out how to connect with, with our online meetings and stuff. And that that's, that's terrible. And obviously you were talking about you're up in New York and and you guys don't have a whole lot of in-person meetings. You know, I'm, I'm down here in the South in Texas and, and we're, we're kind of opening back up or we've been open back up. You know, my home group's been back in person for about a year, but I know it's, it varies from place to place in the country. I I'm with you. Like that was one of my first thoughts when lockdown started happening was like, what are going to, what's going to happen to the newcomer, you know, cause we had a few, we had a few new people at our, at our home group and, and, almost immediately we started a zoom meeting, but I was like, man, I don't have those new guys phone numbers. You know, I think they might've given, I might've given them my number, but I don't have a way to contact them. Like what's going to happen to those people. What's going to happen to the people that haven't quite made it there yet, but they're wanting to find help. Like, what do we do? And that's, it's a, it's a terrible situation to be in, but you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the zoom platform and the ability that we've had to, you know, be resourceful and, and, do different meetings online in different spaces and, you know, hopefully continue to reach out to people through different mediums, whether it be a podcast like this one or, or online meetings or Facebook or Instagram or whatever social media platform, you know, hopefully we can still reach those people and do the best we can with the situation that we're in. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, which is why I reach out to everybody that I can on, on every platform that I can, why I, I started doing every podcast that I can to get the word of mouth out there, just so people know that there are options for them. Even if they, you know, not comfortable going out or they can't go out or they don't have anything there, you know, there's always a meeting somewhere along the lines for people to get to. And especially if you've, if you've gone through the loss of, of a person. And like I said, I, I'd like to expand to have a broader sober grieving outlet. But unfortunately when it comes to like, when you lose your person and you lose your husband, your wife, your domestic partner, your spouse, it's a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. And you, your world is shattered, you know, your everyday world. And everybody talks about the new normal. And then you're like, okay, well, my new, new normal is I don't know what the heck I'm doing, <laughs> you know? And you don't have, there, there's no footprint or there's no instruction sheet. You just fly by the seat of your pants every day. And you're like, okay, what's today going to bring you? Every day I wake up that I am not going to drink, I'm not going to use, and I'm going to stay sober. And because I know that if I don't, it's going to be a hundred times worse. And that in itself is a win. And you just got to keep putting one foot in front of each other. Like, like that's the only way to do it. It's the only way to do it. And with support, you know, you can't do this stuff alone. You can't get clean by yourself. Well, at least I put it, you know, you can't stay clean without support you know, and you can't grieve and, you know, and grieving also, you know, we talk about people too, but grieving also in, I think has a much broader terminology because many people lost their jobs, lost their way of life, lost everything 
within this pandemic. Like I didn't even lose my job, my, my, my husband, I lost my job for 21 years. I lost, you know, everything. So you're grieving all of that too, in a sense, in a different way and trying to figure out how to move forward while maintaining your sobriety, maintaining your sanity somewhat, <laughs> not easy. And figuring out the path to your new, your new existence and your new world. It's been a challenging time for everyone. And, and I can't even imagine losing a spouse on top of that. Like, a, I, I think I would probably be, I'd probably be getting a free vacation in, in grippy socks. You know, like <laughs> I don't think I could, I don't think I could handle that on top of, of all the craziness that, that has gone down in the last two years. Like that's just, that's, that's insane. And, and uh, wow. I mean, like you're, I'm just blown away right here, sitting here thinking about like what a strong person you've been that, that you lost your job of 21 years. You lost your husband. Like here you are trying to do something positive and like help other people. Honestly, if I was in that same situation, I, I don't know that I would be able to do that. You know, I might still be in, in my bed with the covers pulled over my head and just kind of in a, in a funk, but here you are like trying to help other people. It's, it's absolutely incredible. And, and thank you for doing what you do. Thank you. Thank you. And, and for me, helping others helps me. And I think that's very strong in the recovery community. You only get stronger when you help somebody else, you know? And for me, like we were talking about what helped me get through journaling, helped painting, like creative things that I never was, but it was an outlet, you know, um, reading, I'm also, obviously I'm a bodybuilder too. So working out, which was, in, which is incredibly hard because my husband also worked out with me, but I knew that I had to keep pushing forward to do that, help people in that aspect, because we never walked into a gym where we didn't meet another sober person and had like mini meetings while we were working out, you know, because it was the best time, you know, because so many people that do get sober do wind up in the gym and they do wind up building their own little network in there. And that's what kept me going, sharing my story, sharing the things that helped me do to keep moving forward. And, and trust me, there's many a day that I did not want to get up out of bed, but I knew that I needed to keep routine. And most of all, I needed to honor him and his legacy and build on this because if I was going to go through this, there had to be purpose in the pain. And that is really my motto moving forward is I have to share and help somebody else through this and figure out the purpose because obviously everything was put in front of me to do something. So whatever it is, I'm going to do it and try and help because if I help one person, I've helped. That's, that's enough for me. You know, we're only a secret, sick as the secrets in our head. So if we get it all out there, we got to help somebody along the way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. Uh, we're getting kind of towards the end of our time, but I'd love to give you the opportunity to share with, with the listeners, if they're interested in, in finding out more about your, about your widow's meetings or, or if they just need somebody to talk to, or, um, you know, or maybe somebody wants to follow along in your bodybuilding career. What are some ways that they can, uh, get in contact with you? Do you have a website? Do you have social media pages set up for the groups or how can they find you? Yes, I have social media. I don't have a website yet. I'm working on that. I have all my social media tags are um, grieve dash actually written out D A S H grow. 
And you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Linktree. I have all my blogs up there, everything, my previous podcasts, and that's where they can find me. Awesome. Awesome. And I, I thank you so much for giving me the chance to talk and share my story. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on the show and, and, and being so open with us and, and talking about some difficult topics. And I'll be sure to include those links that you're talking about in the show notes. So if, if we have somebody that's listening and they're interested in finding out more, you can just scroll down on your app and you'll be able to just tap on one of those links and open up one of those, one of those different destinations and be able to connect. So thank you again for coming on. I, I really do appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it too. Suzanne, thank you for coming on the show today. And I'm so sorry that you lost your husband, but I'm just absolutely blown away by how you've turned this tragedy into a triumph and, and how you're helping so many people. If you guys are needing some support or wanting to learn more about what Suzanne is doing, the links for her different accounts will be in the show notes. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.